Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast. I'm so glad you've joined us again. I wanted to start off this episode with just sharing a little bit of my heart because I think that to not share or even discuss or sweep things under the rug tends to be where we go wrong. Uncertainty, discomfort, all of these emotions are things that we need to explore and bring awareness because when we don't, then these are the things that bottle up and cause us to then go into a mode of avoidance, buffering, and ignoring that tends to, well, not bring conversation to the table, not bring our feelings to be explored, and not giving people the ability to be able to, well, express what they think, feel, and sometimes that's what like leads us into trouble. So uh, Dan came home on Wednesday and I have been very intentional about avoiding the news. And um, he happened to jump on social and he said, the Capitol, look what's going on in the Capitol. And I said, I don't want to look, I don't want to know. And he proceeded to watch and as he watched, I was trying to ignore what was going on. Um, I cannot say that I was surprised at what happened because anyone who knows me knows that for the past four years, I have been saying that words matter. I have been saying that when you are, go unchecked or held accountable for words that may not be true or right, are not helpful, useful, kind. You tap deep into somebody else's fears, and that fear can lead people to act in what I consider to be violent ways. Having been someone who grew up in a country where there was a civil war, I can tell you that I never imagined that I would see this here. Specifically because my dad used to talk about, honey, we are Americans, American. And he, it was the land of milk and honey, the ideal. And I think that to some extent, we still are the ideal. We still are that country where people can look to and there's opportunities, there's ability to be able to dream and work toward your dreams and make them happen. And I want us to focus on all of the good. But I don't want us to forget that there are things out there that, well, is not right. Not right when we incite violence. It's not right 
when we take institutions and we take um, things for granted. I read the account of one of my friends who is actually a staffer on Capitol Hill. And I, I knew that she was there. And I, I, I have a few friends. I knew, a, I know people that work in Capitol Hill because I did work in Capitol Hill, um, lobbying and working with staffers under education stuff. But, um, I can tell you that the first time I walked into the building itself, I walked into the chamber. There is a level of awe and honor that you feel in being in a place like that. And even when you go into visit with your representatives and you have to go through the metal detectors and you go in through security and you go and find their offices, whether it be in the Rayborn and Hart building or whatnot, you, you know that there's so much going on and then you get a full respect for the institution and government. And I know that a lot of people are so fed up with politics and we're not going to spend a lot of time in politics, but I want to address it. The reality is that we need to stop being jaded and we need to stop being uncomfortable with not having the conversations because they're uncomfortable. Because what happens is, if we are not having them, somebody else is. And when somebody else is, things will come and things will happen and go out of control. And then we're going to be surprised that this happened. And like I said, I wasn't, and I'm sad but we're moving on. And whatever it is, just think about it. Be okay with the discomfort. Be okay with listening. And it doesn't make you a bad person if you have an opinion. Your opinion is something that you create based on your beliefs and the things that you surround yourself with. So check yourself. And ultimately, Let's work together. Let's reach out to those who may have different beliefs and have conversations at a dinner table that mean something, not just basic, you know, rhetoric on either side, because I know that it happens. So that's all I wanted to say in that respect. I thought you were going to talk about The Bachelor. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, maybe we should all, talk about the bachelor actually, today. All, all kidding aside, uh, you are a lot kinder than I uh, am feeling about the whole situation right now. Well, the the situation has definitely created a lot of stress for some people, mm-hmm. you included. And here's the mm-hmm. thing: if we don't address it, if we don't talk about it, then we're internalizing that. Mm-hmm. Think about the discomfort and the pain and the ugliness of whatever situation you're going through being like a tantrum that a two-year-old is throwing. If you're putting that two-year-old in the trunk of your car and you're going to drive cross country, nothing good is going to come of it. I'm just saying. What just happened to this conversation? I am talking about the discomfort, the ugliness. We have to talk about the feelings. And you, you've you had a headache for a couple of days. That's a sign of stress. Yeah. And really, you know, we are so afraid to talk about things that may annoy someone, may unfriend someone, may piss off someone, um, may, you know, step on somebody else's toes. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, we got to talk about it because when we don't, we lose the humanity, we lose the humanity in each of us. But 
but also know that sometimes talking to certain people about it can bring you down a road that's not as pleasant as um as you anticipated so here here's so the thing. no no one to, no no one to have that conversation and yes no but, one to have the no, conversation and with who n- n- but nowhere sorry knowing it's not going to go anywhere respect and show respect even if the other person doesn't show respect to you hey dan 30 years ago could you even imagine that you and I would be married? I mean, when we first met, we were at very different spectrums on conversations. You're very political. I was somewhat apolitical, but you and just here we are. yeah, and yeah. Anyway, well, I mean, I still have very deep, entrenched beliefs that are important to me. When I met you, you were still living in D.C. Yes, but I also. I I don't know. I'm fascinated by the whole thing. But I want to know, what do you think was a turning point for us as a couple to be able to then, because we couldn't even have a conversation. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I'm ashamed to say that I said that, you know, what did I call you? Ignorant? Uninformed. I called you uninformed. Misinformed. Misinformed. <laughs> Dan even, and I were having a deep-seated conversation. Even, even though I informed myself from, so Julie found out that I listened to Rush Limbaugh <clears throat> a long time ago. Sorry, I'm joking. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the man. Um, but what she didn't know is that I also listened to several. Um, middle and liberal leaning and conservative leaning mm. shows at the time. Yeah, all she heard was Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't realize that I listened to all spectrums because hmm. that's kind of. But you came across as someone who was very much because on I that side. well because I agreed with a point that he was making. At that at that point in time. So now, what did you think of me? If I thought you were misinformed, what did you think of me? <laughs> you were stubborn, conceited, hmm. and that you thought you knew everything. Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> I was incorrect. You were in- oh, you were incorrect. I was incorrect because you're not a conceited person. Oh, well, thank and you. And that's, see, that's the I'm thing. I'm just confident. It, right. And to a person who is, wasn't necessarily confident in themselves at the time, that can come off as strong. But that's the thing. You got the uh, social media makes it so easy to not get to know somebody mm-hmm. and just throw and hurl beliefs that break down into insults that, um, it, it gets, it, it gets hard. It gets hard to look at and read. and mm-hmm. um, But if you get to know a person, I mean, uh, Which those is what things we change. I mean, I got to know you. Look what happened. Look what happened. We married each other. Oh wow. Oh, my God. Mm. So, mm. you you realize that I'm pretty moderate in most things. and um, Yes. And I think that I have not necessarily moved any further to the middle and being married to you. 
But, you know, I think that, and, and look, we've had some heated discussions. This is a long time ago. Thirty. Well, it's been 30 years of heated yes. discussions. But I but you, feel you've, well, you've, you've challenged learned. me. You've challenged right. me. And I know that if I am going to try to make a point, uh, like my mom says, you're going to reach more bees with honey. Going to reach more bees with honey. The bees make the honey. I don't know. That's what she says. I would say you reach more bears with honey. Well, you are a bear sometimes. I know. If anybody's on TikTok, go check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, oh, you've learned to grant people space. Yes, I have learned to grant people space and to grant people the ability to think what they want and not judge them for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still work at it, but... Um, so, you know, we, we're talking about a lot of different, uh, discussions that we've had over the years as friends is, uh, then, you know, more than friends and as married couple, one of the things that we've talked about and, and that we've had to navigate as a married couple is finances. Mm. And here's the thing that happens with married people. You and I so were both. wait a minute. Yes. You just transitioned on me again. I know I'm just like last week. Really good at this. Transition. So anyway, just to put, oh just God, to put a, just to, I don't so want to transition out of what was just said. Oh, so nonchalantly. Okay. So just look at your neighbor. Be kind to your neighbor, and remember that the people you saw on TV are extreme individuals. Not every Republican. Is like that. Not every, um, not uh, not every dem- Democrat. If you're ultra conservative, is what you think of what a a liberal is. Mm. Um, and first of all, don't get me started on two party systems. But anyway, oh what I'm saying is, ident- we are identified as humans. We're not identified as a party. We're not identified mm. as let's try not to identify ourselves with that. And I think that when we um, put labels on each other is when we, we so tend to go down a just, rabbit hole. So just to put a period on this, yeah. Love one another. We're, and be kind. And yeah, that's is it helpful, useful, and kind. And now money. Money, money, money. Money. Oh, look at me. Oh, that was terrible. I'm not going to like hearing that. I got her to sing. (laughs) So, one of the biggest things as a married couple, and maybe even for those of you who are single. People are kind of wondering why we just sang about money. Well, I'm I'm talking about It has to do with our guest today. It has to do with our guest. But I want to frame the conversation because I think that it's important to note (laughs) that money is one of those things. It just very similarly, and again, maybe perhaps we're revisiting the conversation from earlier. Money is one of those things that bring up a lot of emotion in people and bring up a lot of feelings and a lot of thoughts that cause us to have those feelings. And some of those things are deep-seated belief systems that have been passed on from the people that were around us and and, and shaped us and and guided us. And for me, I think that, you know, I had a a wide array of uh, money, money um, beliefs that were passed on to me that may or may not have served me 
growing up and into an adulthood. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I I remember the first time when it, you know, when I got my first job, real job. And, and this was in 1991. Your first job was in 1991. I said real job. I mean, job like that could form into like one that had a 401k. Wow. Sorry, I shouldn't say real job. Well, a, a job that a job that um, entailed going to four hundred one k. We all went to the four hundred one k four hundred one k meeting, right? And everyone at that four hundred one k meeting was listening. But um, so this was in nineteen ninety one. But listening to this person, like they were trying to separate them from their money, like this was a scam. Like this was something that was wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there are some belief systems out there. That's a complete different perspective. That's why I'm saying this. So, nowadays, we think of 401ks as, you know, and I tell every young person that I can, as soon as you have a job that has a 401k, you take that money, you put it into that 401k now. If you're putting, if you're putting money into that now mm-hmm. as a 20-year-old person, and you're putting in enough of that money, which is not a lot at that age, you will be a millionaire in your 40s. But you but think, tend to think, as I, a young person, that $200 is a lot of money. It, it is. But if you have the opportunity to put the, the, the money that- Oh, I agree. It, do it. I agree with you 100%. Don't get that $400 <clears throat> truck payment. Yeah, we. I mean, we can talk a lot about this, but here's yeah. well, I, all. All I'm saying is, you're talking about different beliefs. I remember back then that I remember that the room of people were were like, "Oh my god, this is like the like." It seemed very markety, and and things have changed, um, but people are very suspicious when you're. When you talk about money. I have to say that I'm looking at you like you have two heads because I, I and, and I think that this goes back to what happens with um, when two people come together in a marriage or a mm-hmm. partnership, right? You have this background, like everyone I know and I grew up with, when it came to saving, investing a 401k, I never knew anyone or in my family or for that matter myself when i went to my first 401k meeting i'm trying to think um i want to say was when i first taught in dc in virginia and in um I was excited. I was like, oh, my God, put my money somewhere. And mm-hmm. I, I think that never was there any distrust. And I might have – yeah, actually, it was probably around the same time. So here's what happens. You have two people that come from very different backgrounds, and then you all of a sudden have these different perspective on money. And you then are supposed to, like, marry your – your beliefs and create one in one belief. I know that. And here's the thing. I know that money was a big thing in my first marriage that totally uh, contributed to, you know, many of the failures. And, and, and I certainly was one of the persons that was um, at fault for sure, because I, 
I don't know. I mean, without going into a lot of detail, I think that um, we need to really be able to have these conversations openly, honestly. And I know that I, I still have shame issues that I work around when it comes to money. And this is one of the reasons why I felt it was very important to have someone like my friend, Melissa, Melissa Myers, who is a certified financial planner for women, come and have a conversation with me because um, I am certainly, especially in the last year, and we started the year, Dan, uh, doing Financial Peace University. Mm -hmm. And that's something that really taught us a lot and brought us together and gave us some good principles and a good understanding of, like my dad used to say, unify criteria. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the cool thing, we did did the um, Financial Peace together. And it actually, um, I'm open to speaking about finances. Mm-hmm. And, and Julia was a little closed up about that. Well, I'm not necessarily closed Well, you up. said it earlier. You had a certain amount of shame with that. Of course. And I've had the same in my mm-hmm. past. In my in my past, I've, I've had, um, what is it? You know. Failures. So, yeah, yeah, failures with finances and, 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 and not, just not. Caring, you know, just mm-hmm. letting, letting the boat steer me instead of me steering the boat kind of thing. And, um, and the thing is we did the financial piece. We actually spoke about it and that was awesome. Yeah. And we were able to having that dialogue together. It doesn't there's so mean many that mari- we see eye to eye still. Well, there's so many marriages that fall apart because mm-hmm. of money. Yeah. And I don't want uh, to ever be that case and 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 for us uh we can speak about it and And, uh that's just it may not be in going back to discomfort it may not be an easy conversation but it's a conversation that needs to happen between us i mean getting a third dog might break us up but not 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 money gosh why would you say that (laughs) i want a third dog yogi simba do you guys want a sister boys I guess he anyway, sleeping. So I think you should start introducing our guest. What do you think? Well, I want to bring to you one of the most amazing women I've had the privilege of meeting. And I met her through Epic Author, which is our publishing house. And Melissa Myers is a certified financial planner for women. She just launched, pre-launched, like me, her first book. And her first book is Going Rogue. But Melissa really has some amazing techniques for being able to work with women in identifying what their goals are. And there's one thing that we do talk about in, in the interview that I, um, I, I, I want to know what you think on this, uh, Dan, is she talks about how, how, how she has multiple bank accounts where she deposits different money and each, well, I'll let you listen in. So really, <laughs> see, I am not in the wrong path in there. Hmm. So Without further ado, my friend, the incomparable and phenomenal, knowledgeable Melissa Myers. Thank you so much for joining me today, everyone. I love the fact that everyone has come in to Casa the Confidence, have a seat, get comfortable. I have a friend of mine who I am collaborating with in so many different things, and I am 
over the moon that she is here because I am a firm believer that as women, we should be informed. It's so important. So my guest today is Melissa Myers, and she is a certified financial planner. She has been in the financial industry since 2000 and has earned a certified financial planner certification in 2012, and she is the co-founder of Carmel Financial Planners. She specializes, ladies, listen up, on working with single women, divorcees, and widows, and she believes that all women can benefit from a financial roadmap. Her mission is to help women align money with your values, that you can live your ideal life. Now, We've had other people talk about money while we're here in the podcast, but here's the difference. It's, yes, it's important to have a good money mindset, but you actually need tangible steps and tangible people helping you go and do the things that you need to do with your money. Because listen, as women, we tend to turn it over to other people, to our spouses, to our parents, but Money is an important thing that even if someone else is helping us or we're partnering with our spouses or our children or whatever it might be, we also have to be able to do it. So, Melissa, thank you so much for coming to Casa de Confidence and welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Julie. Oh, so great. Now, Melissa, I am excited to talk to you about all things money. But first and foremost, I wanted you to share your story and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you began this journey to get to the point in which you are practicing and thriving and helping women grow financially, but also be in a, in a better place to reach their goals and dreams through being that financial savvy person. Okay, well, it you know, the, the start of it is I grew up in a family where if you needed money, you went down to the credit union or the bank and you got yourself a loan. And I, I heard some good uh, advice along the way. I didn't see it necessarily always modeled and so I didn't think I needed to heed that advice. It was a painful lesson because it caught up <laughs> my bad decisions and choices caught up with me later in life. Um, I actually, I have a degree in biology. Really? That's amazing, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> um, and it was kind of a struggle, you know, my mom in junior and senior year just kept encouraging me, you know, just get your degree, just get your degree. You know, once you have your degree, they can't take it away from you. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's my only focus for the next year and a half or so. And I'm super glad that I did get it because it led me to be able after, after graduating and, and I was working in a restaurant, just kind of having fun, started managing. And then it led me to an opportunity to get hired in at Morgan Stanley. And I wouldn't have been able to even interview had I not had that degree. Mm-hmm. Terrific. But I'm still here and serving women and, and doing financial planning. Oh, that's amazing. Now, what are one of the biggest lessons that you personally um, feel that is one of the important lessons that uh, you have gained regarding money and money management? The first one is really, I, I was kind of a hot mess in my, in my 20s with my money and even as a financial advisor, and that was pretty embarrassing. I felt like a fraud. I felt mm. 
embarrassed and I didn't, I didn't feel I had credibility. And I was actually scared because I was at a point where I was still paying all my bills, but I was going deeper and deeper in the hole. And I was smart enough to know that that was not the direction I should be going. And it took me being able to have enough pain with, with that fear and that anxiety and, and being scared to start saying no to activities that weren't going to turn me around and get me in a different direction financially. Mm. I actually had my younger sister sit me down with a, a Dave Ramsey book, uh-huh. the Excel spreadsheet, and we started mapping out a budget. And the the thing that I know now is that it's not necessarily the budget that gets you ahead. It's really understanding what at the end of the day gives you quality of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and structuring your life to get you where you want to be, right. structuring money to get you where you want to be and being willing to do whatever it takes to have the money you might need. The more money you have, if you're not diligent, the more money you spend, the more money you make, if you redirect it to the things that you value, Mm-hmm. That's where I feel you build wealth, wealth and quality of life, but then also wealth in your physical uh, manifestation of that of that wealth mm-hmm. and having having resources to fall back on or use in the future. There's so much to unpack here. We only have a few minutes and less than an hour, but I, I love everything that you're saying. And I think that one of the things that you touched upon is having a budget. And I will, as someone who teaches confidence, for many years, I was not very, um, very confident when it came to money because I didn't have necessarily great uh, role models. And well, my dad was to an extent, but I didn't really live with my dad. So I had long ingrained habits that didn't serve me. And I think that when it comes to money, there's a lot of shame too that we can associate with it. So it wasn't until I am going to say now, you know, that my husband and I are married and we also went through Financial Peace University in which we had to um, uh, really make a budget, right? And it was an experience in which was hard. Um, and I, and I, I don't like using the word hard because here's the thing. I, I think that when you use words like hard, then you sort of create this mental block. But it, it was a difficult as an independent woman who I've always earned my money from a very early age and been in charge of my money to all of a sudden, I have to like tell this guy what I'm spending my money on. And, <laughs> but it wasn't until we actually sat down and looked at, okay, I have the Epsi subscription and the Birch box and the this box and the that, and I go out for coffee. And really, um, like you say, you know, I think that money, um, what are you valuing and what are you um, investing in? And sometimes you're investing in the right now because you're trying to mask pain or you're trying to bring yourself some pleasure, but that's not necessarily going to that pleasure bring you long-term happiness. Do you find that there's other women that are in that same spot? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, until, until you really have clarity about where you stand with your money and clarity about what you want long-term, you know, the, the women that I work with, they like good stuff. They like privileges, like Mm -hmm. traveling, you know, doing 
experiences. I hear that a lot. Like, oh, I really want to just, I don't need things anymore. I need to go and do things and have these new experiences. And that's what stimulates me. And so once they can connect that that is what's important to them mm-hmm. or women who want to, you know, start a business or leave their job, it's not fulfilling. They want to have more time to be with their family. So once we start distilling down, usually it's faith, family, you know, and experiences. And nobody wants to live less of a lifestyle when they get older. You know, we want the same because we're creatures of habit. comfort. Or we want something even more because we were so busy during our career years that we didn't have time uh, to do those things. And so we're looking to do that as, as we retire and free up more time. So, and, and then the other thing, like having those freedoms and then just not wanting to be a burden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's totally right. Other family or to your friends later in life. And so then you can say, okay, well, if I don't want that or I want that, what do I really need to do now? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I I totally agree with you. And I think that it makes it easier to be able to identify what do you want? Yeah. Sometimes we're not even clear on that and being able to come to a point in which we realize, okay, what am I looking for? And if I'm looking for pleasure right now is, is something deeper and really being able to dig, dig into that. Um, Melissa, so I'm thinking, um, what about the woman? And and I think that, you know, there there might be a listener saying, you know, oh, that's great. I hear what you're saying. I, but, you know, sure, I want to travel in the future and I want to be able to um, have a certain kind of lifestyle. But my lifestyle right now, I am barely making it. I am barely, um, you know, my check came and all of a sudden, I had to repair my car and my daughter needed braces. And I I actually, um, interestingly enough, um, I sat through uh, the United Way where I volunteer had a, um, had a presentation. Uh, We put together a report every two years that is released to the community and it's called the Alice Report. And the Alice Report is um, focused on, looking at the acid limited income constraint um, uh, but are employed women and men in the community and one of the staggering things is that the majority of women specifically women-led households are households that really have to make choices right am I going to pay my cell phone bill or am I going to pay for my transportation and therefore I don't have money to invest in the future. What do you say to a woman who is in that type of situation? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. And it's, it, it's a challenge. It definitely is. Um, my, one of the things that has worked for me is looking at questions or looking at situations, looking at challenges and facing them with the question, how can I? Mm, I love that. And by by thinking through something, how can I? I may not get an immediate answer for myself, mm-hmm. but by and large, that's what leads me to the solution. And you know, if it's if it's women who are challenged with which bill do I pay, and both of them are very seemingly important, that's where I think there's opportunity to get creative. Mm-hmm. It's the opportunity to switch your mindset to maybe rely on community mm-hmm. and 
there's a way that you can, you know, we can barter, we can trade, we can, we can, there's things that we can do. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard when you are in a challenged position to think clearly, to, to see straight, so to speak, because we're, we're blocked by the, the hurdle in front of us. And so if you can just take a moment and pause and, and, and start thinking through, how can I? I think that's my best advice. Uh, Melissa, I think that this is fabulous advice. And I think that it's exactly one, um, when I work with women and when I'm coaching women, how can I, and this reverts a little bit to what I said earlier, I don't usually use the word hard, because I think that when you say certain words like hard, can't, won't, should have, then it immediately blocks your brain. And I think that asking yourself the question of how can I, um, and the other touch point that you made is that this is when you rely on the community um, beautifully enough. And really, and we didn't practice this, uh, boys and girls and audience and ladies listening. Um, the United Way, which uh, is an organization that I volunteer with, is an organization that put together this Alice report. Uh, one of the things that we fund is a financial literacy center through another community partner here in the Hartford, Connecticut area. And we teach women literacy. We teach them budgeting skills. We teach them that awareness. And I think that one of the reasons that I do this is because my mom was a single mom and she never budgeted. She never learned how to manage her money. And had she had some coaching, some someone to guide her and help her and say, okay, this is how you create a budget and then create some different insights. And then listening to yourself and being able to, once you have these tools that the community can provide you, then you can say, how can I? And you're right. You can get creative. Maybe, how can I pay for that childcare? Maybe I only five have uh, 500 dollars allocated for the month and it's going to charge me 800 what does that mean in transportation how can i maybe i can carpool with someone or maybe there's another mom in my building or in my neighborhood and then create some of these creative solutions that can help you um, move ahead and i think that that's a big lesson i i I definitely um, appreciate you bringing that up because i think that mindset with the tangible tools is very important well, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I, if I can just add a, a suggestion, uh, I've been doing this for quite some time. If you ask me how many checking or savings accounts I have, I'll tell you about 15. <laughs> I use the, the accounts, I, I refer them to, to them as electronic envelopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know approximately how much a year it's going to cost to insure my car, uh, when I, I buy my cars with cash, so I'm always saving. I'm making that car payment to myself. And so I've, <laughs> I've created what I call sunny day funds instead of a rainy fund, because a rainy day fund kind of has that negative connotation. Mm-hmm. So at, if I want to go on vacation, I'm always saving for it. If I want to replace my vehicle or make a repair to it or pay the car insurance, I can go to my sunny day fund and each one is different for each specific purpose. And that way I know it's there. My property taxes were due. I had to send, you know, a lot of money out and I was telling somebody about it and they're like, Oh, that doesn't sound like a sunny day fund. I go, well, it's sunny because the money was there when I needed it. And I didn't have to have that stress of going, Oh my goodness, property taxes are due. What do I do? (laughs) Oh no. And uh, it's given me a lot of peace. And it's simplified things because it's, it's set up, the account is set up, or each of those accounts are set up, and the money gets transferred every pay period, and it, 
it's there. And I think of it as a bill. And, you know, going back to a place, if you're in that place where I was 15, 16 years ago, where I was trying to get all my ducks in a row, it, it just takes saying no to certain things until you get enough income to match your expenses where, where you have that traction to start saving. And so I, w- I would also encourage that you look for ways to increase your income mm-hmm. more than you look for ways to cut expenses. Mm-hmm. I think that's brilliant. Increase your income. That's your real power tool. <laughs> I think that, that that's definitely brilliant. And and as someone that, and going through Dave Ramsey, my husband, we, you know, we had to, and we have two joint checking accounts. So when we got married, we he had his, I had mine. And then rather than getting rid of both of them, we just added each other to our individual accounts. And, but so he has that one in what I'm part of, and he's part of mine, but my check always went to mine, his went, to, and then I would just, you know, we would, split up who paid what bill or whatnot. And mostly he, he did like the household bills. Um, but I have <clears throat> several accounts that I just deposit money into. And I think that that came from growing up in a house where maybe our lights would be shut off or maybe our telephone wasn't working, right? Because there was always that decision of what bill was more important. And I, I, I hate seeing not a lot of money in a checking account. So I hustle and I, I always have had a side hustle or part-time hustle or something hustle or business going, but I, I send automatically when I get paid. I have money going to these different accounts. And I remember my husband all of a sudden thinking like, I thought, what, there's another account? There's another account. What I said, yes. And and how do you think we're able to travel? How do you think we're able to buy this? How do you think? Because in my mind, and and it's funny you say that, because I also automatically allocate for the things that are important to me. And when that money is set aside for that, then I don't have to like think, oh, wait a minute, I can't travel, or how am I going to do that? And I don't feel, you know, like I'm I'm losing. So I, I love hearing that sunny day account. That's yeah. a, an electronic envelopes. And I think that that's really a good concept. And I know that it's, it's counterintuitive to what Dave Ramsey teaches because he wants you to deal only in cash. But the reality is that, especially for me, right, or even now in the time of COVID, how many of us are really going to the bank to make a withdrawal and have cash on us for many things? And even yeah, now, right. we don't want to exchange cash with people. <laughs> don't touch me, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's, that's a, a very good point. Tell me, when you work with women, um, do you feel that some of these women remind you of a place where you've been? Absolutely. That's why I'm passionate about working with women. Mm-hmm. Because I, didn't, I, I had no idea what I could accomplish. And, you know, looking ahead, I have no idea. I mean, I have some goals, but the 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 inner feeling is that I'm going to blow those goals out of the water. I just don't know what it's going to look like in the future. And I I really believe that it takes getting your, your basic needs taken care of Mm -hmm. before you can have uh, comfort and confidence that everything's going to be okay. And that you can maybe take another little step forward toward something that previous to having your, your finances aligned that you, you didn't, really even think it was ever a possibility. But now there's that little 
peak of curiosity as to what else could be around the corner. And I think that's what's beautiful because, you know, we talk about having goals and, 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 and hitting these big goals, but then sometimes those little steps along the way to get to the big goal are forgotten. And so just either set little goals that in the end will end up to be a big goal you never even anticipated or, or set that big goal, but then go back and chunk it down to little goals. And, you know, I talked about the ability to increase your income being a powerful tool in changing your life, because if you have your needs taken care of, you can do bigger things. You can be generous. You might not have to work so much. You could trade, you know, you could get an, uh, a position and income coming in where you're actually making more, mm -hmm. but you have more time freed up. Somebody that I interviewed, that's, that's what she did. She started hiring people to work for her mm -hmm. and then to the park with her son in the afternoon at two while she had people working for her and she was still getting paid. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's a great concept. I think that many, many women in, I, I want to circle back to also the other point that you said. I think that um, if anyone is familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs of self-actualization, and this is a little pyramid, right? Your basic needs of having food, shelter, clothing, those are your basic needs. And once those are taken care of, then your other need of self-actualization, and that's where I would fit confidence in, right? Where we feel that we've come into our own. That is difficult to be able to achieve if some of the other stuff isn't taken care of. So definitely you have to um, set in place um, mechanisms. But, you know, we can't go from being a poor money manager to all of a sudden at the end of the year having a, a, um, a savings account that is going to be there for, for eventualities or for good times, right? If we yeah. are, don't know how to save. Um, but all of this takes, and like you said, individual small steps. I, um, I, I, have a, I have a goal every month and every goal is that I'm going to work out at least 30 minutes per day and I'm going to close the circles on my Apple Watch. Today, my Apple Watch it hasn't, well, for the past week, it hasn't updated. And I asked my husband to help me update it. And today, um, when he left, it, it's just not updating. And I found myself very overwhelmed because, wait a minute, I'm not going to be able to record whether or not I worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I realized that, okay, um, I still can work out. I cannot use the excuse that because it's not going to be recorded, I'm not going to work out, right? Because it's not being uh, checked off or my circles are closing. And I think that this is um, something that happens to women. We get stuck in the minutia and we don't see the big picture. We're so stuck that, oh my gosh, you know, I needed to uh, put aside some money, but then I, I, I got hit with a different bill. Well, maybe there is something that you can do out of the box or you can actually, oh, maybe you were going to put a hundred dollars away and, you know, now you can't do it, but you can put $2 away, right? You can so, still make that investment. And I think that that's very important. Well, when you talk about investments, I think it's really important that we invest in ourselves mm -hmm. and going through budgeting, you know, creating a spending plan. That's more of a liberating term rather than a punitive right. term, in my opinion. If, if, if there's money available to be able to invest in just an online course or get a coach or mm -hmm. take, you know, take some kind of a challenge or formal education is if we 
can have that money there, then we have freedom. We have freedom to pursue our goals and we have freedom to, to, to change our, our, our future. And ultimately then what that does is it changes other people's future too. It changes it down the road in, in a fan shape, you know, the ripple effect. And so I think it's super important that we, we take the time to sharpen the ax to invest in ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, I am a firm believer. And I think that when it comes to self care, that is a form of self care, investing in yourself, investing in your, your knowledge and your support. And, and self care is not necessarily purchasing the bubble bath or going for the, your nails, but it's really being able to take time to be present and gift yourself, whether it be knowledge or time or, or something that is going to really enrich you. Um, you mentioned that at the beginning of your career, when you started to work as a um, financial planner, you felt uh, imposter or that, oh my God, you know, you were a little bit of a fake because you didn't have your ducks in a row. Now, obviously you've turned that around, but is that something that you still feel, you know, from time to time and how do you deal with it? You know, old habits die hard. <laughs> Our mindset is always there until we are cognizant and conscious of it. And then I can go, Oh yeah. Okay. Stop. You know, I, we're fortunate. We, we live in a beautiful home that we just built a couple of years ago. It's on the lake. My office is 17 steps from my house. <laughs> so, I'm going to be know, visiting soon. <laughs> here they get to sit on a sofa and look out at the water. And then when I start thinking, well, I don't have money for that. I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait you've got your sunny day funds and you went on four vacations last year. So yeah, that you revert to, you know, what you fought so hard, I think right. to get away. And so I, I do have that. And then I go, okay, no, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> this is way different now. Um, and that's why I want to share my journey. And that's why I'm embarking on, on my own self-development so that I can serve others better to a higher level. And, and just, you know, when you can do something that is for the good of others, for the world that you'll never know is mm -hmm. it, the results of, and you can just trust that that's a good thing to do and that it will serve the way it's intended to serve and God's got a plan. Mm -hmm. That's I think, like just really cool in the big scheme of things. Like, yeah, I can, I can help somebody get a budget together, but what is that really doing for for somebody's family or what is it when we get to the place where we're investing or, and we're, we're buying life insurance, like mm -hmm. eh, life insurance, right? But geez, oh, Pete's, what if that person passed mm -hmm. and it didn't have it and now they've got this household that is, you know, grieving and they don't have the resources financially that that person had provided and just what a beautiful gift that is to have had the plan in place and to have the forethought to think about protection because mm -hmm. we can throw our money and we need to also protect right. our, our money. And so bringing all of that together, but why is that really important? And that's the, the why is mm -hmm. what keeps me going, knowing that I'm serving others at a, at a level that I'll never no, because I won't be here forever. Right. And that, and that ripple effect uh, certainly makes a big difference. I think that, you know, for instance, um, I think of my grandparents and my grandparents, you know, they lived in El Salvador and my grandmother came from an affluent home and my grandfather didn't. And they had very different uh, um 
views and 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 about money um but the ultimate thing is that i know that they put in place a plan to you know make sure that we we were taken care of to an extent and you know without going into complications and there's they because they live in a different country there are some complications but ultimately i um i think about um when my grandfather died and unexpectedly i was i i was struggling because i needed i needed a new car and i was a teacher i was teaching and i i'm I never forget. I was teaching at a preschool and my and I had two jobs at the time because of course the one entry level teacher wasn't making it and I had I was taking a bus and it was like insane. I had to get up at the crack of dawn and I was going between jobs and then when my grandfather, you know, passed, I unexpectedly got money to buy a car. And that I remember that, you know, he made sacrifices and he put together money aside to make sure that um, his grandchildren, you know, were taken care of. And, and you know, there were six of us and my, my mom and my uncles and, you know, whatnot. But I think that that is, I was then able to have an easier way of showing up for a job and being there and then having other opportunities that I could, okay, great, this job is wonderful. What else can I do? And, and, and but having a car made a big difference. And I think that what yeah. you're saying, that the choices that you help make right now or you help support women in making right now are going to have a ripple effect and you don't know how it's going to change somebody else's lives. So I, I appreciate that. I think that that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, Melissa, are you confident on a daily basis? I would say for the, that was a, uh, that's a good question. I would say for the most part, yes, I'm confident. Mm -hmm. I gave a speech today at Toastmasters. Uh (laughs) I did it. (laughs) I started with my ending and ended at my beginning. Like that was a challenge. I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. So, um, yeah, I would say for the most part, I am, I am an introvert though. Okay. I'm surprised. I'm a shy introvert. It's it's hard for me to strike up conversations sometimes because I'm I'm afraid, oh, what are they gonna think about me, about the way I asked a question or what what I just started talking about. And somebody told me just um introduce yourself and say, Hi, my name is Melissa. Mm-hmm. And the other person will say their name and then they'll start talking <laughs> like the pressure's off. <laughs> so like good night event or something where I might be the only person I know (laughs) and everybody else is is new. Yeah, I've I've employed that quite often. And in fact, I've watched my grandmother at at several things. She would just lean over and extend her hand and say, hi, I'm Tilly. And people would start talking to her. (laughs) That's right. It, it, it's such a simple thing. One of the things that I learned from my dad, um, and he, he, um, he would say that he was also an introvert, but if you knew him, he was just the life of the party and found ways of just bringing people's best at a, at a, at a gathering. And, um, but one thing that I, I know is that he would say, just introduce yourself, tell them your name and ask them, tell me about you. And when you, people will immediately, if you say, tell me about and it could be tell me about you or tell me about what you do or tell me um, how, what brought you here. People go on and then you can find yourself in a conversation easily. And I think that that's uh, uh, sometimes we become a little afraid yet, um, you know, we, we, we can overcome just by stepping up 
stepping up and doing it and, and taking action. Yeah. And I, I try to put myself in a position where I'm the host mm-hmm. restaurant. I would walk around and talk to every single table. I think I was confident in that position because it was my responsibility to make sure everybody was happy and get what they needed. And, you know, I, I took that hostess kind mm-hmm. of responsibility to heart. And so now if I'm in the, the networking type of a engagement or in a mm-hmm. place where I don't know, I try to adapt or adopt and, and take on that, that same role yeah. and that ease out the hurdles. That's terrific. That's terrific. So I have a couple different things that I wanted to do. Um, because, well, one, I think that I want to bring value to, to our listeners. And I think that you're the perfect person to talk a little bit about this. Um, but also because I know that this may be a little bit of what people are wondering. So first question for you is, I know that you work primarily with women and primarily with single women or divorced women or widowed. Um, yeah. But for those women who are listening, who are in a marriage, and it could be a great marriage, or it could be one of those marriages, as we all have with ups and downs, um, what is one piece of advice that you would give uh, the the woman who um, maybe has her husband handling all the money and uh, has nothing to do with it because they just don't, that they think that it's too much for them? Well, I actually just did an interview with somebody this week who lost her husband mm-hmm. and she, this is her, her experience that, and she wants other people to know about it so that they aren't in her position. Mm. She, after her husband died and she was going through all the formalities with paperwork and accounts, etc., she found out that her failure to be involved for several years in the finances, like not even sitting down and, and looking at the bills or looking at the accounts at all for a couple of years she found out she had no money, like mm-hmm. no, wow. he had drank pounds. He stopped paying for insurance and things like that. And so my advice <laughs> based on her experience is make sure you are involved. Even if you completely trust him, it's still your responsibility because things happen. You know, people can, can get a health condition that maybe is, something where they're they're acting erratically and they're not making wise sound decisions even though you trusted them and then you could find out you're in a really bad position. Also, I would go back to that question of how can I? Mm-hmm. I make sure I'm protected. And it's not that he's going to do something maliciously. Life happens and accidents happen and freak events can, it, you know, occur and pop up that are are crazily disruptive. And that's why I believe it's important to always be working with professionals and have mm-hmm. in place so that you are, you've, you've got the framework in, in place. You've got already the network mm-hmm. and connections to help make sure that what you want down the road isn't robbed Absolutely. and isn't from you, that you're not robbed. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, having the perspective of someone who was married before and not involved with money and having the unpleasant experience of all of a sudden realizing like, wait a minute, I let somebody else 
you know, make choices that weren't the choices that I wanted. And now I have no money. And then now being in a relationship and being in a marriage in which we are a partnership, do I like to handle some of this stuff? No, not really. And I, and I think that if my husband is better at it, uh, but the one difference is that we do talk about it. We do have the conversations in because as with anything in a marriage, you come with two different perspectives. You, you won't always uh, unify criteria as to what needs to happen. It's great advice to definitely have someone who is an expert that can take what maybe your spouse thinks and does or think or wants to do and what you think and your priority and then sort of um, advise you based on what is best for you as, as a unit and, and create a plan, but be aware, right? Um, have, you know, budget meetings maybe once a month and you talk about, okay, you know, where's our money going and what is happening and really have that ability. And the bottom line is that we, we can only be responsible for ourselves. And when we allow somebody else to make choices for us, and maybe we do want them to make a choice because it's much easier, but it's important to be also um, be informed and, and know what you're, you're allowing somebody else to choose for you, right? Just like at a restaurant, right? If someone is going to order for you, you still want to know like what ingredients are there so you don't have an allergic reaction to something. <laughs> right. And that's a good analogy. I love analogies. It's like sometimes they just come to me. It's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, and then now with, um, let's talk about some of the women who are either single uh, and mingling and the women who maybe had um, an experience in which they separated, divorced, or widowed. Um, and let's talk, what would be your advice for the 20-something, the 40-something, and the 50-something, uh, late 50-something? Uh, what, what is the different advice that you would give women in different areas of life? I think something really important is to adopt the the phrase how can I I love it and then always put yourself in a position where you always have the opportunity to learn mm. who you learn from is really important yep. <laughs> it's important to pick you know if you're looking for professional expertise then you know working with people who who have been there and done that and have a proven track record and who have gone be who are ahead of you. <laughs> um, you don't want to take, if you, if you want to build wealth and you have a, a goal of, of accumulating a certain amount of money, find somebody who did it successfully instead of asking the person who's broke and, and, and then bringing things together as a team, because you know, there might be something that you can do yourself. Maybe you're good at, you know, building a savings and building wealth, but maybe you don't have your estate plan in order. Mm -hmm. And working with somebody that is more of a quarterback for you, a financial quarterback, they're going to identify things that you don't necessarily see. Mm -hmm. and all that advice, I believe, is, is important through the generations, regardless of what age you are. And the <laughs> I see this a lot of times. I actually, I hear it more maybe from the parents of young adults Mm -hmm. who will say, oh, well, they just started working. They don't have enough money. But you know what they're spending their money on? Fast food mm -hmm. <laughs> restaurants. Well, if they weren't spending 50 bucks a week eating out when there's a full pantry at home, mm -hmm. they could have built up a nice little savings. They could have built up their nest egg. And I think that a lot of young adults are, are 
given bad advice. Mm-hmm. They're, they're given advice that is logical, but it's really counterintuitive. Like, oh, oh, go out and get a credit card so you can start building your, your credit score. They're not told, build up a nice, hefty savings account. Right. They're not told, anticipate ahead what your expenses are going to be when you graduate college. Mm-hmm. And, and, and think about what kind of income you're going to have and what kind of lifestyle that affords you. Right. Because they're used to, you know, coming from mom and dad's house and seeing what mom and dad had, right? For example, and thinking they should have all of that, and and they're they're not given that opportunity sometimes, or they don't take the opportunity to think about their money, mm-hmm. and that's important, you know, as a young adult, because then the habits you create carry over into your your you know more seasoned adult years, <laughs> and. And then that's where it happened for me. I was in my 30s before I decided I want a different path for myself. Mm -hmm. And then that ultimately led to a better path for my family, my clients, because I can help them. I understand I've been there. And and then, you know, for their families and, and and their world. Right. Absolutely. And I think that this is something that is so important. You know, I, I have um, several friends that have teenagers and I, I see, you know, my first car um, was a Datsun 210, 1979. And I'm really dating myself now. Obviously, I, you know, my didn't turn 16 in 1979, in which that was a brand new car, but it was an, it was a almost 10 year old car. Um, the, the, the thing right now is that um, I see in so many ways that um, and I wanted to skip steps, right? I also wanted to get from, you know, from high school to all of a sudden being a yuppie and having it all. But you have to have that first uh, dilapidated car and value that. And then, you know, slowly graduate to the next thing. And I see so many young adults right now that um, they want to drive. Um, my friend's son turned 16 and he wants a Mercedes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but um, maybe that's not the right car in creating that value. And, and, and there's nothing wrong if you as a parent can afford to buy your child a Mercedes. But what I know is that for me, my cars have always had um, a lot of value in the sense that I worked hard for them. And I know what it means to work hard. It wasn't something that, yes, I got a car from my grandfather's inheritance, but um, it was something that I, 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 I kept that car for a long time because I knew that I didn't want to have to pay a car payment for a long time. And, and you, you build that knowledge and, and, and value for it. So it's important to never skip the steps because then you are going to have to learn that lesson somewhere along the line. And it's better to learn it early than late. Well, and you bring up a good point about um, how you inherited that money and then you, you spent it, but you spent it on something that brought value to you in the terms of other things, life, other job opportunities. And again, going back to 20, 30, 50 year old women, guys too, we, if you're ill prepared to handle an influx of wealth that was unexpected, or maybe it's expected in the back of your mind, you know, it's coming. But when you get it, if you don't have a level of discipline and maturity and clarity about your money, when you get it, you're not going to be able to hang on to it for very long. It's true. Absolutely. And, and, and so I think that's super important is to, to be able to have the discipline ahead of time, which means 
starting to, and this is another funny thing. Like people say, Oh, you know, I can't work with you. I, I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But no, you, that's why you need to that's work with me. Right. Yeah. And then other people, you know, if, if you went the people who do have wealth, like that's an, a reason mm-hmm. want to protect it. You might not have to still be in that growing phase of it, mm-hmm. but you want, it or deploy it to something that is meaningful to you. You know, you might want to start gifting it or doing charitable giving. And so that creates a lot of fun opportunities too, because then going back to the Maslow's hierarchy, if your needs are taken care of, then it frees you up to be generous of your time or your talents and, and resources. Yeah, that, that is so important. And I think that the one thing that I know is that um, there's no greater freedom than to be able to then to give to others. And there's no greater gift than to um, to say, be in a position where you are not coming to the world with a feeling of scarcity. Um, and you know that there's there's more of that, but you have to be willing to also understand and not not shy away from the knowledge of, of what you have. And I think that working with a, a financial professional is very key in that point. So yeah, I, I am saying that. If you don't like where you're at, you know, adopt a, a a philosophy of what am I willing to do as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral, right? Mm-hmm. What am I willing to do temporarily to change my circumstances? Right. And if that's paying for advice or that's just paying off debt, like wherever you draft your money, mm-hmm. as long as it's in a in a good place, you're going to have exponential benefits from that down the road. Yeah. I have so many questions when it comes to money um, that I think that a lot of listeners would also would probably already have. And, and I know that we're, we're running short on time. The one thing that you mentioned too is estate planning. <clears throat> and, and I think that it's key to be able to give yourself the gift of peace of mind and knowing that the people that come after you are going to be taken care of. And yeah. not to be afraid of that, because I think that we're all going to get to that point. And, um, you know, when I have a friend who shared with me today, her her dad had passed away and she hadn't really um, communicated to many people that he had been sick. And um, but she's she was very close to her dad. And now um, she's having to deal with a lot of different things. Right. That come from. Um, dealing with her, her, the passing of her father and helping her mom and, and so many different things, right? But I think back to when my dad passed and he, he was sick for a while, but he made sure that all his affairs were in order <laughs> because when he knew that it's difficult enough to go through grief, yes, and not be fully, um, you know, present or, or within the frame of mind to be able to make some of the decisions that need to be made at that time. So that was definitely a gift that, that he gave my sisters and my brother that he put, you know, I mean, my, my dad gave away everything (laughs) and like that we didn't even have to worry about what to do with his clothes, right? Everything had, had been taken care of. And I think that um, the same way financially, right. It's important to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Melissa, who inspires you? That was, I would say I'm inspired by people who have good energy. Mm -hmm. 
I'm inspired by people who create, and that can be in so many different areas. I, I like to cook, so I love watching cooking shows. Mm. That inspires me. I like designing, you know, like we built our house, and I was able to do most of the design and, and decorative details in that and that was that was fun and so I was inspired by Pinterest and by HGTV I having my own business and and being a creator in that I looked to other people who've gone before me <laughs> so I can learn from them and um I'm inspired by nature oh I love that <laughs> As I look at that beautiful foliage behind you it's nice to have the big windows that uh, yeah. you look out to as you're working. I think that that's, uh, for many years, my office, I actually had my desk facing the wall. And now that we reconfigured my office, I look out the windows and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was wrong with you? How come I wasn't looking out and, and enjoying the sunshine or even the trees that are starting to change? So I, I love everything that you said. I think that those are always good things to be inspired by and be inspired because there's so many things around us that sometimes we take for granted that can create a minute of joy for us. So find the joy in the things around you, people, for sure. Yeah. Um, one last thing. What is your um, advice to your younger self? What is one thing that you would tell your younger self to build confidence? I would say that it would be important, Melissa, to start a practice of gratitude. Mm. I started that a couple of years back, and it just rewires how I go about my day. Mm. And I, even though I'm pretty positive, I would say that was more of a learned behavior that I've had to be positive and in my 20s, my dad had left the, the Charles Swindle uh, home or the little saying about your attitude and um, how it's mainly about how you choose to approach everything. It's your attitude that gets you the, the results, good or bad. Mm -hmm. And it's a big lesson for me. And so shifting my attitude to that of positive and being grateful for mm -hmm. people and the things around me. Mm -hmm. That's to my younger self. I think that that's a very valuable gift for anybody at any age, but definitely for your young self. I, I love that you have learned this lesson and it's serving you well. That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, I am so excited. You are actually going to be uh, partnering with me and participating in something that I am not sure would probably be something that people can participate in the future. But as of the first week of October, we I am launching a play challenge. I'm inviting people to come out and play. I think that play is one of the biggest antidotes to stress and to overwhelm. And I am looking forward to sharing this experience with you. I believe that in order to um, build a life in which we live in confidence and amazingness, we have to also have some pillars that support us in, in those pillars, build the play, uh, uh, the, the playfulness in us. So um, we're going to be talking about peacefulness. We're going to be talking about finding your purpose, 
your power, your passions, and most of all, your prosperity. And you are going to be sharing some of your tips with my uh, participants in the play challenge with uh, with building that P and that pillar that supports you in prosperity. And want to give us one tip in prosperity that you, you would love to share with anybody listening? I would say that to be prosperous, it's it's embracing the abundance that exists. Perfect. That is so great. And I, I, I think this is why we get along so well, because you have a very uh, similar mindset and view in the world. And I love hanging out with you and learning. So thank you for coming to Casa de Confidence. You are a gem. Thank you. Well, thanks, Julie. You made me feel really at home. Oh, and Melissa, we're going to have to have you again because there's so much to talk about, and I'm sure the listeners will have questions. Now, where can the listeners find you? Can find me at my website, carmelfp.com. That's K-A-R-M-E-L-F, like financial, P like planners.com. Perfect. And this will be in the show notes. Can they connect with you in the socials as well? Yep, on Facebook, it's Melissa Myers, Carmel Financial Planners. Perfect. I will share everything about Melissa, how to connect with her and where to find her and what amazing things she is doing out in the universe so that you can come to her for financial advice or connect with her. And don't forget to go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Well. Well, what? I have one Dan advice. And I know I said this. Oh, Dan advice. Are you hashtagging No, I've said this. I said this last week or the week before too. Is that um, especially if you're younger or if you're not young, if like me, how old am I? 49? 49. 49. It's never too late to start thinking about your finances. Um, it's always too late to not think about it. Mm. Um, Good one. Because you can spend years just letting life come and go and letting your money come and go, or you mm-hmm. can do something with it. Um, that's Money that's, buys you choices. It doesn't bring you happiness. Right. I'm not saying money is everything. I'm just, uh, what I'm saying is when you are ready to retire, mm-hmm. it, um, going to be a lot easier if you're not depending on social security checks for Mm. your quality of life and again redirect your money like melissa said to the things that you value so that if you value family time if you value uh, rest again money is going to bring you the choices that are most important to you but remember the principle and this is something that i am still working toward Um, and I keep working on it, is the right now may bring you pleasure in the now, but in the long run, you have to really delay the gratification because the goals that you're working toward in the end are bigger, better, Mm -hmm. and more satisfying, the, the instant gratification of today. Yeah. So, without further ado, I encourage you to check out our socials because Dan and I, hmm, tomorrow we are starting 
a Reels challenge on Instagram. What? We are? Yes, you signed up for it. We're doing a Reels challenge oh. because, listen, I, I want to dip my toe in the water of Reels. For Reels? <clears throat> for Reels. <laughs> we don't plan this stuff. It just comes to us, people. So Dan it is, wasn't it wasn't that funny. It was just funny to us, I think. Well, it's it's something that we we want to up our game on socials for the do? podcast. Oh. Well, oh um, my god. It's better than me recording you while you sleep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go look at her TikTok. It's horrible. Please look at my TikTok. I have three views. <laughs> Oh, her TikTok. He doesn't believe me. He she, snores when he doesn't use the CPAP. He recorded me snoring. Oh, my Lord. It's not just a snore. It sounds like a I am the bear. Yeti. <laughs> yeah, you are the Yeti. You know, stop calling yourself the Yeti. Oh, and by the way, Horrible. did we talk about how we created vision boards? You talked about how we were going to. Well, we created vision boards. Uh-huh. And Dan came up with his word for the year, and I came up with mine. What's your word, Daniel? Innovate. Why? You got to innovate to elevate. (sighs) What does that mean? What does it mean to you, and what feeling does innovate bring up in you? I don't know. I want to churn the gray matter this year. I want to, you know, come up with some... Nice new ideas, not just let the brain bake for the next year. I want to stir the brain batter up, see what ideas pop out. And, and then you take an action on the ideas, or you're just thinking? I'll figure that out <laughs> when I get to that. Gotcha. No, I'd like to take action on some stuff, but I just like to, you know, get the old brain working on stuff. I mean, my my board up there, I mean, I got, you know, the standard stuff. You know, the good food good and, 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 and the, you know, a healthy lifestyle stuff up on that thing. I just Wanna noticed there's no weight. dogs. There are no dogs up there. Correct. There's no third dog. The dogs are just implied. They're the in our dogs life. are implied. I would be taking it personally, so, boys, that he didn't put you in his vision for the, board. For the golfers out there, my word of the year <laughs> was going to be 42, mm. but- I just wrote it as a goal. 42 is, I want what my average score to be this year. Gotcha. And I put a 37 up there. Okay. Yeah, I want that to be my low score of the year. Oh, I'm so glad it's not the age of your next wife. Well, <laughs> you play your cards right. Wow. Listen, I am innovating myself. I actually was speaking to a client who is a golfer here in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've made a couple dates in the springtime to go to the Avon Country Club or some sort to go and golf. When did this happen? It happened last week or the week before. I'm not allowed at the Avon Country Club. Why? Because I'm not fancy enough. I thought it was because that's the country club where you, like, turned over the golf cart. No. That was Airways. <laughs> we still right. golf there. So, so we set the play- <laughs> They must have a really run low over. bar. I got run over. They remodeled the whole that cart path, and we're still playing there. Okay. No, so, I'm what's just jo- on you my vision board that just calls to you, Daniel? Just joking about the okay, fancy thing. Okay, just calling. Okay. Yeah, what calls to you about silly. my vision board? We're looking at what my calls vision board. out to you. Yeah, calls out to you about my vision board. About your vision board. Yeah. 
So she just spoke about my vision board long enough just to make it look like she didn't want to talk about herself. So let's go to her vision board. Okay. I mean, the central theme in your vision board is right there in the middle. Confident you, your book. Mm -hmm. But relentless. Relentless is my word. That's your word of the year. Relentless toward my goals. Toward my yeah. dreams, mm-hmm. relentless toward the work that I'm doing every day. And, you know, I do the work because I love seeing the transformation that I, I get to see every day. And it's an honor and a privilege to be able to see that and just mm-hmm. to give back. So I am relentless. And I also put inside job in there because I feel that an inside job to health, beauty, happiness, it's from the inside. Well, the thing is, I look at this, and you've got certain things up there as goals. Mm-hmm. Like you have a, you have things up there that you want to obtain. You got a pool. There's a car up there. There's travel and stuff mm-hmm. you want to do. But the thing is, you've carefully laid a foundation. I'm looking at it. I mean, you're talking about going back to Santiago in mm-hmm. the foundation up there. I see. Uh, a lot of important things, and you're thinking about this, and I'm proud of you for doing this. And talking about staying strong physically, mentally, talking mm-hmm. about being mindful, mm-hmm. talking about making plans, planning what you're planning, what you're doing, and finding right. your power in that. And and um, I love the compassionate leadership. And mm-hmm. I mean that's. Well, here's the thing. Your brain and the reason we make vision boards is because your brain is going to focus on the pictures. And sometimes your brain needs to have a very clear picture of what your goals are. And the reason my picture is on there is because I want my brain to focus on me um, being around health, being around the positive words that become affirmations as I look at it and really knowing your why and understanding. Anyway. Well, the thing there is I've seen some of your past vision boards mm-hmm. and a lot of people when they first start doing vision boards, it's a lot of wishes and wants. Yes. And when I look at this vision board, you look at my vision board, it's very, very Eastern. It's very Zen and, you know, there's not a lot on it. <laughs> That's what I'm telling myself because I only did it for like an hour and a half. And uh, Julie spent all evening on it. And it's the sign of a of a person. And I'm not trying to, you know, blow it up your ego or say you're the best and all. Awesome. No need. What I'm saying is, <laughs> I know it's already there. Um, the, confidence, the, the, baby, confidence. <laughs> the thing is, it's um, the wishes and wants are there. But like I said, the foundation and and the, the things that are going to help you get to those goals are also there. And that's important that you realize that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that our wishes and wants um, in life are incredible and great. But having the tools and the, mind, and the mindfulness and the plan to get there is uh is super important absolutely and on um just to close out i will say and and i don't know if i share this with you last year i did not make a vision board i made a vision box and i didn't really use it the trip behind you yeah okay so wait do you see what's on the box oh no you can't see it hold on hold please What's on the box I accomplished? That you accomplished this year? Yeah. 
absolutely nothing. Really? Well, look yoga, you became a yoga instructor. No, look at it again. What's on the box? Um, oh, there's a book there. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Look at me. Look at you. And it's funny because I didn't really look at the box all year because mm-hmm. after a while I was like, oh, this is dumb. Adam. Why, why did I make a box? What's inside the box? In my journals. Ah, well, this is kind of special. Yeah. So, anyway, so then I. Oh, let me I close this and make a racket. Okay. okay. So, I made this box and then I didn't keep it in where I wanted to keep it to look at it and mm-hmm. focus on my pictures from my vision board. But what I did is I put it up in the window seat in her bedroom but the only thing that was peeking out was the book and Mm. the power of the mind because listen i might not have been noticing but my mind was noticing there was a book on there and now there is a book so power of visioning anyway anyway so with that further ado you said that twice all right well you say it close what's further ado <clears throat> That's usually what we say in the beginning when we're introducing the guests. All right. Well, I was going to call you on it on it earlier, but okay. I well, didn't. we're out. We're out. Mm-hmm. Hey, have a good week, everyone. How can they find our guest again? Melissa Myers can be found in at Carmel Financial. I'll see now. You put me on the spot. Darn it! <laughs> it is in the show notes. In the <laughs> show. <laughs> Rub your nose on the microphone? I know I had an itch. <laughs> Why would you rub it on the microphone? Because I didn't know I it's could a, use my see. hands. Let me see. <laughs> Actually, that was my boob. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. All right, I got to go now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.